KRVN is your home for Husker sports. Subscribe to KRVN on YouTube for on-demand content. You'll see interviews with players and coaches, analysis with insiders, and more. Subscribe to KRVN on YouTube Introducing today. Introducing KRVN on 98.5 FM in the Grand Island and Aurora area. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson's joining us today with Heartland Farm Partners. Lots to talk about. Anticipation, of course, as to when this harvest will get underway officially. So that's kind of in the backs of everybody's minds. But let's kind of look at what we saw, Jeff, this last week on both corn and soybeans. Kind of an interesting marketing week. It really has been. You know, we take a look at December corn and and actually was uh, up a couple cents for the week on the old crop. On December 2019, I'd like to start talking about December 2022, Susan, and and that was unfortunately down about four and three quarters for the week, closing at 4.02. November soybeans they didn't uh, fare as well; they were down 16 cents. A lot of that price action got you'll get pressure put on it late in the week here. Um, as we look out to November 2020, we're down 13 cents, but it's still hanging in at nine dollars and forty cents. So. Not too bad a place yet on that 20, but we need to start thinking about and talking about those 20 numbers. I would say that's pretty important because even though we're trying to get 19 out of the ground, 20 is going to have a big influence as to what we're going to see crop-wise next year. It certainly is. Looking at the overview, what are we seeing as some of the biggest driving factors right now for this market? You know, as we kind of sit back, this is always a tough time of the year. And because we're sitting here waiting for the crop, and in many areas last year, harvest would have already been going on, but this year it's not. And big picture overall, you think about it, the funds are still short. They've put pressure on this market, and and they're still willing to sell any little bounce we have in this market. And we've also got concerns on the Chinese trade. and, And on top of that, we've got African swine fever, and then we've had... You know, the, the small finery um, exemptions um, that have taken place on the ethanol side. We've got some, you know, profitability issues in that industry. And we've had a couple plants that have actually, you know, went ahead and slowed down or shut down actually out over in Iowa. And we've had others that have slowed down. So we've got a lot of negative news stacking up on this market. And really, we're not quite at a point yet where we've got frost concerns coming in yet. And everybody's waiting to actually see what we end up having for yields. And that's really what it's going to take to give us that next spark to kind of start moving this market forward, I think. I was going to ask you about that. How fast till we start seeing the the Twitter picture of monitors and and what guys are seeing to have a somewhat of an influence on this trade? Well, I, I think it's starting, you know, and, and what we're watching is the weather right now. It's extremely warm, which honestly, if you think back, isn't a lot different than how we started last year, except that it's later. You know, that's the thing. Um, I think we're getting really close to that. As we look down to south central Nebraska, we've got a few guys that are just getting started on some soybeans, a little corn. Not much activity yet up in, in northeast Nebraska as it relates to maybe yet some chopping going on. But, you know, it's just on the very, very front end. So, you know, give us the next seven to ten days, and then there will be a lot more of that type of information, actual yield activity starting to come in. That will then give the market something to kind of latch onto, and the traders to decide, well, do I still want to be in my short positions, or is it time for me to start buying those back and keep moving this market higher? You know, it's pretty easy for us to get kind of locked in a today window, shall we say, and we forget about the lateness that happened in the harvest last year with the rain, and a late harvest this year is about the same time frame in many areas. 
You know, it really is, and that, that's what was interesting. I, I keep gotta remind myself when it's so warm out like what we have right now, I keep thinking, Oh man, we're really moving along and then I, I kinda go, No, wait a minute here. It's you know, we're getting late and, and a good reminder is when I saw some of the numbers coming out of the crop progress numbers this past, you know, Monday, kinda think about this. Ninety three percent of the, the crops in the dough stage and you think about that, you don't think a lot about that. It's the fourth slowest one we've had. The only years that have been slower was 1992, 1993, and 2009. But what that means is is there's 6.3 million acres that that is not in the dough stage yet. And and what's interesting about that fact is a lot of those acres are really up there in North Dakota and South Dakota and Minnesota that could be susceptible to a frost. And if we did happen to get a frost and they were sitting there in the dough stage, if it was a really killing frost, now that's not forecast, you could be looking at yield reductions of upwards of 50%. So that's that's something we have to watch really close. Another item we, we take a look at and say is, well, how far along is the harvest going overall? And, and honestly, there's only about 4% of the corn that's harvested right now. And that's actually tied for the slowest start that we've had on the harvested numbers. And, and our numbers in regard to the dough and also in the harvest, those go back to 1981. So I'm curious, as, as you guys watch um, the, the way the weather has been, the, the September that feels like the August, is that going to have any sort of influence play into this corn market, knowing that the longer we stay hotter and drier, the better there is the potential for this crop? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, so so what we've got is that we know in areas that where we're really warm right now, you know, is that hurting the crop just a little bit as we finish? Yeah, it's taking a little bit of top end. We'd like to see it finish a little slower. But on the flip side of that, what it's actually doing is it's allowing us to get some acres further along than ultimately what uh, we thought they may have got before we get to a freeze. I, I think it's going to be really, really hard Susan, for us to see all the corn acres get to the point where, you know, their physiological maturity, the black layer prior to a freeze. I I just don't think that's going to be possible because of the slow progress that's still happening. Because we have to remember, North Dakota, parts of northern uh, South Dakota and Minnesota, the northern areas that are the furthest behind, they're not having as warm, warm of temperatures as we're having down here. So that's that's something we have to keep in mind. And the weekly crop progress reports, I mean, I know we've looked at them each Monday afternoon, but now that we're starting to talk about harvest press, uh, progress, are they also going to be closely watched a little bit more? They really are. Uh, they're going to be watched just to get an idea of how everything's moving along, how susceptible we are. Because the thing to remember, even if we're at a half milk line and we get caught with a freeze, that still could mean a 12% reduction in yield. All right. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about. We haven't even really dove into the soybeans yet. We'll also talk, and we know that the trade discussions, the early footings, shall we say, are happening right now in Washington, D.C. So lots to look at as we look at the wrap-up of this week's market trade. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Look. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're being joined by Jeff Peterson. Let's look at the soybeans, Jeff. How do you see this crop advancing? Because it's a lot farther behind in some areas than what we see the uh, corn. Yeah, it really is. And that's that's the thing we kind of have to keep reminding ourselves. And the first place we kind of look at is, 
you know, how does, uh, what's the amount of percent of the soybeans that are actually setting pods? And, and currently, from the report that came out this last Monday, 95% are setting pods. And, and if you think about that, we're setting here already approaching, you know, the third week of, of September. And, and what that really means is there's 3.8 million acres that hasn't potted yet. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, regardless of where you're at, that's going to be hard for those to go ahead and, and make it. Um, the other thing we took a look at and said is, okay, what about uh, harvest, uh, the amount of harvested? You know, we're sitting here basically at zero. Uh, there's been a few areas of harvested, but it doesn't necessarily register yet, and that would be the lowest amount that we've had on record for this date. And then we also look at the amount that are dropping leaves, and we're at about 15% is what the numbers show, and that would be the second lowest number we've had. The only year that was slower than that was going back to 1980, and actually our records go back to 1981. So, Overall, the thing we're hearing, though, is that for a few guys that have got out on the soybean fields, they're, they're a little disappointed. And I think that's been a continual trend all the way through. The pod counts are lower. There's also some blanks in there. The overall, the number of the soybeans we're seeing per pod, you know, are, are lower than what we've seen in, in past years. So it sure feels just like on the corn side, we think that yield's going to come down. We think as we get these combines in the fields on the bean side, we're going to see the same thing there also. And it amazes me the number of fields, uh, and as I talked to a few producers, that are still seeing some blooms on some of these fields. I mean, it just shows the lateness that some of this crop got going. It really does, and that's the thing we have to remember. When we have this stuff going this late, it, it's really hard to go ahead and think that all of it's going to make it. You know, what everybody wants to think about is that, is this a year like 2009? And in 2009, we're thinking, well, we aren't going to get this crop to maturity, and then, oh, my gosh, it's a record crop. But the rest of the story on the 2009 year is that the crop really wasn't planted that late. It just took a long time to finish, and I, I think a lot of what we're looking at this year is that, uh, when we get uh, the combines in the field, we're, we're going to find some lower yields than what USDA has shown so far. Well, we know that China is in the United States doing some preliminary discussions again in Washington, D.C. I think producers can take a sigh of relief knowing that the, the talks on Thursday of them going out into the Midwest and visiting farms has kind of a squash has happened on that, shall we say. But can we have some hopes that these discussions, even with them staying in D.C., we could see some movement when the the true team comes in? Well, I think, you know, the best way to lay it out is that, you know, they are having their discussions. They're kind of deciding what are some of those key points that they're going to want to talk about. And in the real, as you said, the real meat of these discussions happens out there in October. But I think what we got to be prepared for, though, is if we think about the style that Trump goes about, and there's even been some reports of this that came out overnight that it looks like there could be a much tougher stance taken if Ultimately, there isn't some progress made. So, Susan, I guess what I'm anticipating to hear right before those talks actually get started, the next round that would happen in October is that, you know what, if there isn't a lot of progress made, we're going to need to take these tariffs much higher than what we were talking about before. So I think we got to be prepared for that. So in the back of our minds, I guess we're saying we don't think there's going to be anything that's going to come out of this round of the talks, the ones that just are finishing up, the ones that's going to happen in October, that's going to be beneficial to trade. And Jeff, we heard some rumblings that it was getting dry in South America. What are you hearing? 
Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the exact opposite of what had last year. Last year, they got off to a really nice, fast start on the soybean side. And, and this year is just the opposite of that. It's it's not the type of thing where we have to panic yet. Uh, the rainfall amounts, especially in Mato Grosso and those areas further north that they'd like to get going on the beans already. You know, it's it's less than ideal and, and really not much yet. And that is holding up planning. So I think we do have to keep a close eye on that. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem, but what it does, it makes it so that there's not going to be beans planted as early, which means, you know, it could be a bigger window for our beans on the export side, which could be good for us in the long run. Do we see any marketing opportunities coming up here shortly? Um, I think there is. I think the biggest opportunity to watch for is some of these really good basis levels for some of this corn for this quick ship, you know, whether that's this week or next week. You know, keep a close eye out there to go ahead and be able to jump on those. I'd, I'd still be patient on any harvest basis levels post-harvest, and, and I think we get really close in here to, to watching for a little bit of firming on the harvest basis, I think, are going to be some of the opportunities we do see. And many, many folks are also wondering, you know, they look at the old crop, they look at the new crop and wonder, is there some higher prices maybe coming my way? I think there is. I think we're going to have to be a little patient, and it could take a little bit longer than we'd like it to see because we're going to have to get into the field with more combines and actually see what happens. And, you know, some of that could get delayed by some rain. We've got some heavy rain forecasts out there that could even push this harvest back, you know, a little bit later. But I do think we'll have a chance to see some higher prices down the road yet. Lots of things to look at as we get through the weekend and head into a Sunday night, Monday trade. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers here on the Rural Radio Network. Don't forget, this is podcast. Check it out on your Apple and Android. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Thank you, Susan, there for the Fontenelle Final Bell. You catch that here every day uh, from the 217 hour on 880KRVN. Don't forget, you can also catch it on our uh, sister, well, not our, our FM translators, 106.9 in Kearney, 98.5 in the Grand Island area, here in that crisp FM signal as well. Two tickets for sale for UNL Volleyball tomorrow with Wichita State. Call us, uh, call 325-4257, 325-4257. It is 2.32, and uh, just like I did last night, it is Clay Patton in the studio following another announcer. This guy, that boom, you you heard him, and then they were out, and then I was in. So uh, enjoying to be here with you this afternoon. Hope you have a good start to your afternoon as well. We're going to check in with Fox Business next.